Welcome to One Community Church, where sometimes God alters everything. If this is your first time here, you would have missed out on an amazing drama piece. But um, in this moment, this is what we're supposed to do. So you will adjust your schedule for whatever God wants done. Thanks for being a flexible congregation. We have about a hundred announcements to give you. We're not giving you any. <laughs> Go to the website and figure it out. Praise God. Um, at about three o'clock today, I'm going to get a phone. No, 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 a little later. About four o'clock today, I'm going to get a phone call from my dad. He's going to say, son... It don't take all that. <laughs> He's going to say, son, you brought a toilet on the stage, and now you bring a big old plane on the stage. Son, just preach the gospel. It don't take all. We didn't have that in our day, is what he's going to say. To which I will respond, dad, it's a new day. <laughs> Will you help me thank, I, I don't know where they got it from, but they got it from a junkyard somewhere. Will you help me thank our prop team for figuring out how to get a plane up in here? Up in here, everybody. Lord, have mercy. Mercy. Thanks for being here, everybody. If you're here for the first time, what a joy it is to hang out with you on today. Thank you very, very much for being a part of our service. Uh, this, is, this inaugurates a fasting week for us. So on today at 3 o'clock, all our leaders are going to get together, our small group leaders or um, deacons of our church or elders of our church or, or leadership college graduates and the ones that are in training or ministry leaders. We're all going to get together, about 800 of us today and we're, from all our campuses too, and we're just going to pray. The only person that we're going to going to honor today is God. You know, you know the size of a church when you call a prayer meeting. Don't be impressed with Sunday morning. Everybody come. But when you say, we only go and talk to God, especially when it's in the middle of the last day of the regular season. Uh-huh. This side over here, got a, I got a problem with that. <laughs> uh, 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 so three o'clock today, that's what we do. And then Mondays, on Monday, all the men will meet at seven. On Tuesday, all the ladies. On Wednesday, all our campuses come together here. On Thursday, we have all our ministries come together. And then on Friday, uh, everybody's in a small group. So if you're not in a small group, then what I want you to do is make sure you're in one. On your chairs today, you got a little card that says, hey man, you want to be in a group? Here you go take the QR code or just fill it out and drop it in the boxes embedded in the walls between the doors at every exit on your way out. All right. And then singles and young adults on Friday at seven o'clock, you've got your own service customized to you uh, where it's going to be a great time. So you got to pull that off. But everybody in here, if you're not in a group, we're a church where no one grows alone. You grow with somebody else holding you accountable and walking with you. Touch the person next to you and say, you're in a group, you're in a group, you're in a group. Ask them. What did they say? If they said no, then get a form and say, fill this out. Fill this out. Fill this out in the name of Jesus. And by the way, by the way, if you've tried getting in a group and you didn't like it, then just say, I want to lead a group. So that we can tell everybody else, when they come and say they don't like your group, you'll know how it feels. <laughs> what a great time. Anyway, so please remember every single day, we ask you to give up one day, one week out of the whole year and give it to God. All we're doing every time we get here is praying. There's, there's not a lot of anything else. It's just prayer. We're going on our knees and we're praying before God to show our own dependence on him. Can I get a witness for praying? A praying church. Yeah, you better believe it. You better believe it. 
This is a house of prayer. That's what God says his house is, a house of prayer. And so we should love when we get together for prayer. I'm going to start a new series today. And this series is called Airplane Mode. The reason it's called that is because, don't ask me how they got these plane seats. Don't ask me, don't ask me how they do anything in this church. I just know they got it. Praise the Lord. Hopefully this don't move. Praise the Lord. It's 25D. So if you ever had 25D. Well, we're doing a series called Airplane Mode because in, in, our, in our Christian world today, we got a lot of people that say they hear from God, but they never have time for God. They say, yeah, God spoke to me and told me something, but they have carved out no time to demonstrate to God that time alone with him is important. So we got a generation that has confused a feeling for God. And we're going to clarify that in this series. It's four weeks long, and today we're kicking it off. You know what happens when you go on an airplane? They, they, want you to, they want you to disconnect from everything else. So they say, put your phone, finish it with me, in. You got it. The reason they want you to do that is because they don't want you to be able to, to uh, interact and call FaceTime, everything else, with people outside. And they want you to dial in and be focused and being present where you are. Well, God wants the same thing for every last one of us. He wants us to carve some time out so you can have an intimate time with Jesus. The challenge, however, is that in most churches, including this one, we love to preach the promise. I've said it hundreds of times now, but we don't like to preach the process. We like to tell you what God's going to do, but we don't like to tell you what God requires. Because when we tell you what God requires, that don't preach good. You might feel a certain way. You might feel, well, that's going to hurt. And you don't want to feel hurt. You just want to hear, bring it, God, give me, bless me, shaking over, running over. That's what you want to hear. And that's what we've preached to you for years and years and years and years and years. The problem is you just look just like your coworker. Your pagan coworker looks just like you. They have the same habits of you. Something's wrong when the lawyer who is a Christian and the lawyer who is a pagan have the same habits. They work hard. They, they try to please the client. They, they, they try to make sure that at the end of the day, they nail their argumentation and they win the case. When your habits and their habits are the same, something is wrong. When the, when the teacher's habits of the Christian and the teacher's habits of the non-Christian, when they're both the same, there's no difference between them. You think differently, but your habits are the same. There is something wrong. And for far too long, Christians have embraced this, I got freedom in Christ, therefore I can do whatever I want to do. I can just do it, and God bless me. I'm going to be just like Jesus. That's not how it goes. Which is why you have so many people leave the faith because we promised them something without showing them the process of it. Now they want to leave and talk about how wicked God is because he didn't give them what he promised. And that's not your fault, that's people like me's fault. Because we've preached, because you, we've told you what you want to hear. And that's only a quarter of the counsel of God. The other two-thirds says, here is how you go about the process of positioning yourself to get what you believe God has for you. So in this series, that's what I want to do. Because, ladies and gentlemen, it is your direction, not your intention, that determines your destination. I'm going to say it two more times. I've said it a hundred times. I'll try. It is your direction, not what you hope to happen. It is where your faith. Are you going downtown? Then you need to be on 75 South. If you're facing 75 North, you ain't going downtown. You can hope it. You can pray it. You can fast it. You can beg it. You can cry out for it. You're not getting downtown. You're getting to Sherman and to Oklahoma. But you ain't getting downtown. You can have, you can think that you want to look like Jesus all you want. If you don't have the habits that create the environment, you're not going to be like Jesus. So, because some of you are, are, are a little 
pessimistic. Let me walk you through a couple of texts uh, and then go. I'm going to let you, you stand extensively for worship today. So um, I'm only going to read one verse in your hearing. So stand with me, only one verse. And we'll leave the longer verses for you to sit uh, because we live in a comfort-driven America. So why don't you stand? <laughs> why don't you stand? Uh, let's pick it up in John chapter 10, verse 10. Let's just give them that one to stand. Here, here's what everybody wants. I came that they may have and have it more. Everybody, yes, I claim that I'm alive. I'm going to have life and I'm going to have it more abundantly. And you preach it and you say it and you tell your neighbor about it and you have it on a t-shirt, you have it on your tote bag, you have it everywhere. I, I, I'm going to have life and have it more. Ain't nobody read the, first, the, the piece before it. Oh, there is an adversary. And he says, I don't want you to have that life. Because I had the opportunity to have this life, but I, 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 I didn't want it. So because I'm going to give you what I want. So the thief comes only to steal your joy. To steal your peace. To steal your happiness. He comes to mess your life up so that it can look like his. He comes to steal. Then he comes to kill all your dreams. Then he comes to destroy your whole family and the legacy that you should uphold. That's what he comes for. And, and, and there's this war going on between what God has for you and what the enemy wants for you. And the challenge on the floor is if you don't know the process, you're going to think you just show up to church and you have seen many people that show up in church every single week. And still their life don't look abundant. And we got to figure out why. So that's what this whole series is. We believe God speaks. But we believe many people are convinced that God speaking equals God give me what I want. So therefore, when you want something and you feel good about what you want, you call that God. And so now folk walking around and say, oh, I got a peace. I got a peace. I got a peace. Thank you, Holy Spirit. I got a peace. No, you just want what you want. And since you look like you're going in that direction, you got a peace about what you want. That's why when it's something that you don't want, but God wants, you don't have no peace. All of a sudden, no, there's something disruptive in my soul. That's because you don't have no habits that lets you get alone with God to confirm what God wants, even if it's a difficult thing. That's why you love when somebody says, cut him out of your life. And you say, that's the Holy Spirit talking. No, because Jesus didn't cut Judas out of his life. But because you listen to what the rest of the world says, and they come up with an idea. If you don't like them, cut them out, cut them out. Get rid of them, step over them, trample on them, get rid of them. You, you, you make it look like that's Bible. That don't have nothing to do with the Bible. That have to do with you want what you want, and you want it more than what God wants for you. That's enough. Sit down. Thank you so much for standing. Father, guide us now, will you? We need to hear from you. In Jesus' name. Matthew chapter 11, verse number, let's pick it up at verse 25. Here's what he says. He says, at this time, what's the time? The time when three major cities, uh, Jesus went, tried to do great things. Some of them could not be done. Some of them were done. And Jesus says, there's a reason why you're not seeing the stuff you need to see. And let me explain why. He's going to explain now. So he says, at this time, if you want to know more, go read verse 24 all the way to verse 1 through 24. But then Jesus says this as an explanation as to why there's some things that can happen. Jesus said, I praise you, Father, Lord of heaven and earth. Listen now. That you have, say these two words with me, hidden these things. Huh. So there's some things that are hidden that everybody don't have access to. And then some things that are made available or revealed that he wants people to have access to. So what determines what he wants me to have access to and what he does? Here we go. That you have hidden these things from the... And, and have revealed it, them to... Huh. So there's some things that you can get so smart 
so wise, so intelligent. You've been to all this schooling, and because of that, you're missing. These are hidden from you because you're too arrogant. In the context of the passage, the text is saying these Pharisees were putting heavy stuff. You got to do the Ten Commandments. You got to do them all the time. You got to follow, you got to follow them to the T. But nobody can do them because it was set up to show you how much you need Jesus, which is why you need to trust Jesus so that you can handle those ten. But the Pharisees were using it to burden the people down. Next verse, verse 26. It says, yes, Father, for this way was well-pleasing in your sight. What? That the infants were able to reveal, get revealed to them the hidden things of God. Next verse. Watch it now. All things have been handed over to me by my Father, which means now God, now being sovereign, has the weight of the world on his shoulder. And no one knows the Son except the Father. Watch this next phrase. Nor does anyone know the Father, listen, except the Son, and anyone to whom the Son wills to reveal him. In other words, everybody don't get to know the Father. The only way you know the Father is through Jesus. Because later on, Jesus is going to say, I am the door. If you want access to the Father, you got to come through me. That's why he is an exclusive God that says, I came, I died, so that you can have access to the Father. No Jesus, no Father. He continues, the weight of the whole world on his shoulders. Here's the verse we came to, next verse. Here we go, the great invitation. Now he says, come to me. That's the great invitation. Come to me. But he has an incentive for who should come. So who should come to him? Those who are and heavy, my, my, my. Those who are stressed out. Those who have anxiety. Those who are worried. Those who are fearful, those who are uncertain about the future and you can't sleep at night. He says, all Americans, come to me because that's what you need because all of y'all are weary and heavy laden. And he says, here's the incentive. Who, now, who should come? Who should come? I will give you rest for what? Go to verse 30. No, go to verse 29. Verse 29. You will find Rest for your soul. He's talking about us. If you're weary, you're going to find rest for your souls. He says, so if you're stressed out, worried, what you're doing is you're carrying a yoke that he didn't give to you. Because verse 29 says, he gives us two instructions. Number one, he says, take my yoke upon you. Hold on, Jesus. But I was carrying a yoke. Why well, want to take your yoke? That means I'm just switching yokes. He says, yeah, but, but. But, but I'm giving you this yoke because I'm walking with you in this one. He says, but then I want you to take my yoke. Then number two, I want you to learn from me. In other ways, there is an art to walking with Jesus. So all he's saying. It's not just let me get saved from fire insurance, for fire insurance so I don't go to hell. And then I can, I can wild it out after that. He says, no, no, the reason I saved you is now I want to teach you and I want you to learn from me that my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Watch the text now. Watch the text now. What I want you to learn, he gives you the reason. For I am gentle and humble in heart. What are you when you're under stress? You're not gentle, you're aggressive, and you're not humble, you're arrogant. Because all you're thinking about is your way. He says, if you're going to learn from me, you're going to learn in the middle of a conflict, you got to be gentle and you got to be humble. When you don't get what you want, you ought to be gentle and you ought to be humble. And if you're not, come here now, family. If you're not, then you're wearing a yoke that I didn't give you. Last verse, verse 30. Everybody read it together. For my yoke is, and my burden is, my yoke is, Easy. and my burden is. Life. So there is, therefore, if you're stressed out, worried, if you're frustrated and fearful, it means you're carrying a burden that Jesus didn't give to you. Which means you might be carrying a cultural, a cultural yoke, but not the yoke from Jesus. So if today, you come here today and you say, Ooh, I'm tired. 
Oh, I'm weary. I'm stressed out. I'm, I'm anxious. I'm, I'm, I feel like jumping off a bridge. No problem, except you carrying and wearing a yoke that Jesus did not give to you. So he invites you to come learn from me. Because when I give you the yoke, it's a whole different ballgame. And he invites you to come get it from him. All right. So now I've established that he wants this abundant life for you. I've established that there's a way to live and there's a way not to live. Then how do we get there, Pastor? First Timothy chapter four. He's going to tell us. Come on with me. Paul talking to his young protege. He's developing him. And first Timothy chapter four, verse six and verse, verse seven and eight is going to tell us. Now, woo, here's what he says. But have nothing to do with worldly Come on, everybody. Worldly, fit only for old women. He wrong for that, by the way. Fit only for old women. You ever read something in the Bible and say, no, for real? You didn't have to say that, Paul. You could have just stopped that. Uh, 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 do nothing. No, have nothing to do with worldly fables, period. All this other stuff. <laughs> Be careful when you anchor your stuff based on Instagram, based on TikTok, based on Facebook, and you take a statement, somebody say, not anchored in the word, and you start living by it. Be careful, ladies and gentlemen, because many of you are doing that. You're going and you're looking at your feet and say, ooh, let me, let me reshare this. Let me, oh, yeah, everybody need to hear this. And let me dress it up so it look better and then let me send it off. And it has nothing to do with the scriptures and you live in your whole life based on it. If you can't find a scripture to anchor it, then you should not be purporting it like it is equal to God's word. But you live in a culture that wants to curate content so that you feel good. There's a reason the Bible said at the end that you're going, everybody's going to have tickling ears because if they make you feel good, then you think it's truth. And you've got to make sure every time somebody says something, you can anchor it back to the Word of God. Because if it cannot be anchored to the Word of God, then anybody can say anything and there is no authority to it. It continues. Watch what he says next. He says, on the other hand, Discipline yourselves for the purposes of, whoa, 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 train yourself. I go to the gym about this one, but work this one out for yourself for the purpose of, one more time. Now, the next verse, half of you not going to like it. Half of you going to love it. The other half not going to like it. You actually, half of y'all going to get mad. But it, it don't, that's never stopped me. You get mad from teaching the whole truth. So I'm just going to let you read it so you don't blame me. Next verse. <sighs> For going to lifetime is only of little profit. For going to LA Fitness is only of little profit. Uh, uh, for, 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 for getting up at six and going to hot yoga is only of little. From buying the expensive bike at Peloton is only of. Oh, it's of profit now. Oh, it is of profit. But it's little profit. Now, some of you want to get mad at the Bible because you spend your whole life and everything you do is, how do I take care of this body? And then you're going to use scripture to back you up too. You're going to say, for the body is <laughs> the temple <laughs> of the Holy Ghost. And you, try to, and you try to justify it. Now, the Bible is in no way saying that you should not exercise, and you should not work out, and you shouldn't take care of everybody to the fullest. It's, it's absolutely not saying. Here's what it is saying. It is saying, to the degree that you work out physically, to that degree and more, you should be working out spiritually. Yeah. Say it! Yeah. 
So, 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 so if you give an hour in the morning and an hour in the evening to the outside, then you ought to give two hours to God and two hours to God. Your measure must be what's most important, which is not your body, but your soul. Uh-huh. By the way, by the way, by the way, by the way, just so you don't think, I know what's happening right now. Anybody that look like me, is amening and praising God right now. They'll be like, yeah, yeah, yeah. You having a time of your life, I knew it. I knew that wasn't from God. I knew it. Waking up early in the morning, I knew that wasn't from God. Having the time of your life, huh? Let me help you out. Come <laughs> now, 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 the Bible makes sense because he's going to tell you why. We just forget and allow the culture to influence, influence us more than the scriptures. Because it says, here's why this is important. Since it holds promise for the present life and also for the life to come. There it is. So what he's saying is, if you just work out, you only care about this world. And you only care about how you look in this world. But if you work on working out your soul and become godly, you not only care about this world, but you care more about the world to come. This is why we look more like the culture than we look like Christ. Because the culture says all that matters is how you look. So therefore you must paint it, tuck it, puff it, uh, whatever you got to do with it, do it. And we have bought it hook, line, and sinker. We've bought the whole deal, which is why we care so much about how we look and we don't care one rip about our souls. Because what we care about is this present age, not the age to come. And if you are a believer, you ought to think differently than the rest of the world, which is why your habits are not to be like them. So they go, somebody who don't know Jesus, they get up in the morning and they work out. Here's why. Because that's all they got, this life. But you living like them, not like that's all you got. You got more than this life. You got the life to come. That's why you not fear death. That's why you don't, you don't jump off a bridge when all of a sudden they say, you got some issues. You got to go to the doctor. You don't, because you know if you die, you're still good. Because this is not all I got. That's why Jesus says, um, um, I care more about your inside than I do your outside, which is why, I didn't say this in any other service, so somebody in here need to hear it. That's why when you're looking for a mate, you don't just look for the outside, you got to make sure that the inside is aligned with God. I don't know who that was for, but that, did not, that thought did not come to my mind until right then. So somebody in here. Just stand up and say, it wasn't me, Pastor. It wasn't me. It wasn't me. It wasn't me. Ooh, I need to stay focused. Ladies and gentlemen, what that means then is, what that means then is, you got to train yourself. When you're training for a triathlon, um, there's some things that you don't do. You're not going to the donut shop every day. That's not what, you're not going there every day. You're not going, you're not packing in. You're not getting all the, you're not getting 12 to a dozen donuts. And you're not, you're not feasting on that all day. Um, instead, you're going to get a lean piece of chicken. You're going to have a little bit of, a little bit of uh, salad. And you're going to have some water. And you're going to drink about a case of water every day. But it's not just stuff you don't do. You also do some stuff. You're also going to swim a little bit. Because you got to go a mile so, so, or half mile. So what you're going to do is you don't want to get caught in the middle of that lake talking about, hey, hey Mr. Boulder, come on, I'm dying, help. Because I didn't train myself. How to swim. You're going to get on that bike and you're going to ride. The reason you're going to do it is because you don't just get up on there and say, let me go ride a far distance. You, you, don't just, you don't just get up and run and say, I'm going to go run three miles. You don't do that. What you do is you train yourself to get there. But for some reason, when it comes to church, all of a sudden, we just think, we just got to show up and God's just going to go, Zzz, you look like Jesus now. You got to train yourself in this thing. 
It doesn't just happen overnight. You got to train yourself, which is why he says, hey, physical um, exercise, and this, it's, it's really important and it's profitable, but godliness is profitable for all things. So then the question becomes, why is it that our habits look the same as people who don't know God? Okay, let me show you. I'm, I'm going to show you. You ever notice how somebody who's a Muslim, their habits are not like ours? You ever notice wherever they are, three times a day they're going to pray? And they don't care what you think. They don't. But no, but when you know Jesus, you're talking about, well, I'm free. I'm free. I don't need to do all that. I can talk to Jesus while I walk. Hey, G, what's up, Jay? What's up? You doing good, Jay? What's up? And, 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 and what you do is you set your life up around what's convenient for you. And then you say you love Jesus. But everything you do, it has to be convenient. Or you don't want it. If it hurts a little, if I have to sacrifice a little, I don't want to do it. Because our world and our culture has taught us that if you, you, the whole goal of life is for you to be happy. And if you're not happy and if you're uncomfortable, then don't do it. Three, two, two weeks from now, we're going to do a whole deal called the poverty week. And some of you are going to be mad at us. And you're going to be like, I'm not doing this. Y'all trying to control me. Y'all going to control me. And you're going you're to make it all about you. When the purpose of Poverty Week is so that you can be open so that your prayers are not just about your life, but you will see that everybody don't have a fancy bed like you have. And some people literally still sleep on dirt. But we're going to ask you to sleep on the ground, and you're going to be like, oh, no, nah, nah. you see, y'all don't take it too far. That's why I don't like y'all, because y'all don't take it too far. And what you're going to go into is this diatribe about you. All we're trying to do is expose you to how the rest of the world lives so you can appreciate what God has done in your life. So when we ask you, one thing we ask you to do one day is uh, we need you to take a cold shower. You can be like, the devil is a liar. <laughs> and I'm praying that on that morning, it's about, it's, about, it's about 30 degrees outside. And you got to get in that shower and you got to pray Holy Ghost. You're going to speak in tongues for the first time. You got to pray Holy Ghost, Holy Ghost, Holy Ghost. And, and, and you're going to miss why we're doing it. Why are we doing it? Because we're trying to train ourselves to realize that what God has blessed us with is so unique in the entire world. I got to praise God. You're going to come out of that shower and you ain't never going to see. You're never going to feel warm water. And you're going to be great. Next time you're going to be like, glory to God. <laughs> and don't be sending us no bill for the chiropractor. Oh, well, I slept on the floor and uh, my shoulder be hurting. <laughs> Anyways, come on. I got to go. Um, so what I want to lay out for the rest of the time is I want to lay out four habits I think every Christian should do every day. I want to talk about habits now. Four habits. Every day. And then I want to talk about four that I think you should do every week. Four daily, four weekly, eight, and then we're done. Now, why is this important? Because if you want to remove the distractions of the world, then you got to have some habits and a rhythm to those habits that you do every day. If you ever notice, the God told us in the great uh, commandment, he said, he said, love the Lord your God with all your heart. And then he said, love your neighbor as yourself. What habits do you have in your life that make sure you do those two? You should ask you, do you have any habits that make sure you're loving your neighbor? Any habits that you do every day, college students, any habits that you do every day to make sure that you're loving your neighbor. He says, I want you to summarize the whole Old Testament. The whole Old Testament is summarized in two words. I want you to love God, and I want you to love your neighbor. That's it. All 10 commandments, all 600 plus commandments summarized in these two. And he says, I want you to do them, and you don't have a habit that makes you do it every day. Pull up the circle for me. Let me show you what we're going to try and pull off. So these habits are going to drive us to love God, love the Lord your God with all your heart, to love our neighbor. What are you doing every day to make sure that you're applying this scripture on a daily basis? Then we want you to embrace the presence of God in your life because he's always there. And then we want you to resist the enemy and the culture that he's trying to use to distract you from looking like Jesus. And we're going to give you, we're going to give you four habits that we think you should do every day, and then we're going to give you four that we think you should do every week. Let me show you what these habits are like. If you, if you like gardening like I do, 
then, then you'll know what this is. Let me see if anybody knows. What's this, this wooden thing behind here? Anybody know what that is? What's it called? Say it again. Trellis. Now, the reason you have a trellis is because, ladies and gentlemen, if it doesn't have one, then these branches will be growing out here, growing out here, going over there, going behind. They'll go anywhere else. But when you have a trellis, the trellis will train the branches where to go so that no longer does it have its own choice to do whatever it does. Now it's going to intentionally, because of its linkage to, these, to, the, to the wood structure, it's now going to follow the direction of the structure. What your habits will be and will become is it will train your body, it will train your mind, it will train your heart in which direction it should go. 40% of the decisions you make every day, you make them subconsciously. You just do it. You just do it. It's a habit that you form, that you don't even realize it's a habit now. You just do it. You know what all these technology companies are trying to do? Change your habits so that you will follow them and they will rule your life. And it's changed it. You know why? You know the first thing you touch every morning? Your phone. Every morning. They've trained you. And if we're not careful, the culture will keep training us to, to embrace their habits and away from the habits of the scriptures. Which is why you must form some new habits. So much so that you do it as a second nature, which you will see represented in the habits that I'm about to suggest. So let's pick up the first four. Go to, your, go to your sermon notes now. On the front, you'll see four big, no, I'll go back to the four big um, uh, blocks on the front. Uh, orange, yeah, these. So the first one is the love of God. The second one is the love of neighbor. The third one is embrace, and the last one is resist. <clears throat> and all I'm trying to say is that we should create habits that allow us to reinforce our value of loving God, habits that allow us to reinforce our value of love thy neighbor, a commandment that he's given us, and then uh, embrace values that cause us to embrace the presence of God and then to be aware on the resistance that the culture is trying to pull us away from the presence of God. And I believe we should have some habits that reflect that, which is what we're going to lay out for today. And we're going to ask you to do every day. Four habits every day. Four habits every week. Here they are. The four every, every day. Here we go. Number one, I want you to kneel in prayer three times a day. Here's why this is important, everybody. This is so very important. The reason you go down on your knees every day is because without knowing it, this is so important. Without knowing it, you've got a habit and you've got to answer a question every morning you get up. Every morning you get up, you ask this question. <clears throat> what do I have to do today to make people love me? You don't even think you're asking this, but you are. So when you go to work, your goal is let me perform today so that they can validate that I'm good so that I keep my job. And without knowing it, we do it all the time. As a man, you're getting up saying, do I have what it takes to be a man to provide for my family today? And so every day you get up doing that. And if you're not careful, you'll put yourself in the center of the world. What praying does is praying says, God, I need you today. And God, will you affirm your love for me so that I know I'm not working for love. I already have love. Thanks for loving me the way you do and affirming that. Now, God, I have the privilege of going and showing people your love because I've, I've already been affirmed by you in prayer that I am fearfully and wonderfully made and that you love me and there's nothing that I can do to change that and you love me fully. So that when I go to work, I can love other people. And by the time midday comes and they don't drain God's love out of me, now I need some more. I need to get a, I need to get a supercharge. So now I'm going to go back to my knees. And, and this is not to publicize to everybody else. Hey, everybody, look at me. Excuse me. I'm in my prayer time. Excuse me. No, this is go find your little cubicle. Go find your little meeting room where nobody knows. And you kneel down before God. Why, why, why is it important for you to kneel down? To remove every other distraction and to remind yourself that you're small and God is big. And to show reverence and honor to him. So you know you need him every single day. That's why you're doing it. 
That's your assignment. That's your job to make sure that you do it. And then at night, you go home, and at the last thing you do, you go down beside your bed and you kneel again, and you say, Dear Jesus, I know I couldn't make it today if it wasn't for you. I am just grateful that you allowed me one more day to demonstrate your love and to perform to the best of my ability because I work for an audience of one, and that's you. And if you are pleased with me, then I've done the best I could. Now you're making, you're reminding yourself that I'm not all that. You're reminding yourself, it's not my story. It's God's story, and I'm a part of it. Because we have too many people that are convinced that it's your story. It's not your story. It's God's. And you get to be a part of his. Number two, this one most of you are not going to like. I want you to eat a meal with somebody every day. Too many of us eat meals by ourselves. All day, every day, I don't need nobody. Some of you frustrated that, that I even would suggest that because you'd be like, how dare you suggest that? First of all, I don't have no money to do it every week. And second of all, I don't like people that much. <laughs> My point exactly. Number one, I don't need you to go to some fancy restaurant every week. Just go get your, um, go get your little sandwich, your little two slices of bread. Oh, sorry. No, no, not two slices. That's too much carbs. Get your little, uh, your little turkey meat. And then your little, your little lettuce and stuff, and then take it and go. And that's why you need to be in a community group. That's why you have to fill out that form and be in a community group. So, you know, I'm single, Pastor. I don't know nobody. Good. Well, then find people in your community group and say, hey, I work from home, Pastor. I can't do it. Yes, you can. Find out who lives close to you and take them out. But you got to eat with somebody every day. Why? Then how else are you going to practice loving your neighbor? Then, uh, then maybe you do need to go meet your, your neighbors around your house. And maybe you do need to say, hey, can we, can we grab coffee one time? Why, why, why? I just want to get to know you a little more. How are you going to do it? By the way, let me help you out. You can no longer, oftentimes, people don't want to hear your faith anymore. They want to see your habits to make sure you are who you say you are. Now, with that in mind, let me remind you of what these habits are and what they're not. Take this down for a moment and bring up the quote I want you to remember for the entire series. It's real simple. Here's all it says. Not that. The quote. The quote. There's one quote. Here's what it says. Forget it. Here's what it, oh, here we go. Here we go. Your habits will never change God's love for you. But God's love for you can ch- and should change your habits. I want everybody to say this with me three times. This is so, you're not doing this to gain God's love. You're doing it because he loves you. I have to orient my life to serve a God like this. You're not doing it to get his approval. You already have his approval if you know Jesus. You're doing it because you want to orient your life around what's important to him. Read it with me two more times. Everybody together. Your habits will never change God's love for you, but God's love for you can and should change your habits. Last time, if the person beside you is not reading, say to them, for real, read with me. Here we go. All campuses, everybody together. Here we go. Last time, your habits will never change God's love for you, but God's love for you can and should change your habits. So what are we doing? We're trying to respond to God's incredible, overwhelming love toward us. So let's get back to them now. Uh, well, I gave you two of them already. Uh, eat with somebody every single day. Pray three times a day. Here's the other one. One hour with your phone off. Some of you twitching already. <laughs> Can you tell me why is it? I'm amazed at this. Why is it that you think you're some, you're some heart surgeon that's on call and everybody needs you, and if you miss it, somebody's going to die? What is wrong with us? By the way, if, if, if you ever try this, ain't nobody going to miss you. Actually, some people might say, praise the Lord, I didn't get bothered by you. You ain't going to miss that. It's going to be all right. And then the last one, listen, this one is so important. The last one says, Scripture before phone. You don't touch your phone until you've read the scriptures. Everybody. You don't touch your, and by the way, you have no excuse. Go on our app, download our app. We have a whole daily uh, Bible reading plan to read the Bible through a year. Just go scriptures before your phone. It's okay. One of these days, you ain't going to be here, and it's going to be fine without you. It really, really will be. I'm going to tell you something one of my mentors told me. It blew my mind. He really, really did. He said, um, 
He says, Conway, you really are convinced that people love you, don't you? I said, oh, yeah, I know that. He says, no, for real, true story. He said, they don't love you. They love what you do. They don't love you. He says, you're going to die one day, and whoever the next dude is, they're going to love him too. And he's going to think they love him, but they don't love him. They love what they do. Listen to me, family. Listen to me. You think you're so important right now. But you're going to get sick or you're going to die one day. And then you're going to be gone. And then they're going to just fill their lives with somebody else. And you're going to be all right. Therefore, I, I, he really said, I'm going to give. This is a parenthetical thought. I got to go. Um, um, so, so he told me, here's what you do. Go get you. Your top seven friends. The people that will take your body down when you're dead. And every birthday, get them together. And have a conversation that's meaningful about life and why they are important to you. I just did it for my last birthday. Wow. And I said, Jada, take the phone out. <clears throat> them men around here, them must walk me down when I die. And then we heard stories. And everybody was crying. It was the best party I've ever had. Because a mentor told me, hey. When is it ever appropriate for people to honor you and, and it not be like pomp and circumstance and all foolish? Never. So you create it. One of the wisest decisions I've ever made. So we did. And it was the best time ever. And everybody. <laughs> Jade over there crying. Everybody, everybody crying. Because it's the people that are with you when you're up, when you're down, on your best day, on your worst day. They're not, they're not, in Jamaica, we got fly by night. They're not, they're not here today, gone tomorrow. They're for real friends. Listen, somebody. You have to create an environment with some habits. Scripture before phone. Say it with me. Weekly and then I'm done. Come on, weekly. Four of them, four of them just like that. A one-hour conversation with a friend. I know my introverts are like, if I talk to somebody for one hour, I don't want to talk to nobody else for the rest of the day. I'm drained. Everything out of me is gone. What are you doing to me? That's why you need to do it. Because if you're going to love your neighbor, you got to have conversations with people. And it's got to start with you saying, all right, let's begin the process of talking. Number two. This is the, this one right here is the one I'm most terrified of, but it's the most important one, I think. Here's why. You become the stories you watch. Come here, come here, listen to me. You will become the stories you watch. Um, uh, TikTok, Instagram, uh, Meta, um, all of them. They are trying to curate stories for you. Some good, some bad. Whatever you watch, whatever you linger on for three seconds, it's now yours. And so whether it's good or bad, they're telling you, I want you to listen to these stories. That's why we have to curate our own stories. What does my soul need? And you make sure that's what you're seeing in your feed. Because for far too long, Instagram, no, gentlemen, quit tripping. Ladies, quit tripping. You commit all the Ten Commandments sins on your cell phone. You, 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 you going to co covet? Mm, I want that. Well, I don't have that. I need to have that. I declare and decree it over my life. <laughs> Quit tripping like you don't do that. Equal opportunity. Come here, fellas. Fellas, you be looking. And you be like, all right. Mm -hmm. No, don't, don't, don't trip on the ladies because the ladies, when they buy stuff, they buy stuff that costs like, you know, 25, 40, 50, 55, 100 if they're real sedated, 250. But when the fellas go to buy, why is my wife saying yes the loudest? <laughs> Something wrong in this church, right? When the fellas go to buy, we don't buy nothing that costs no $25. We go to buy something that costs, you know, like, uh, <laughs> glory to God. 
But the only reason we know about it is because we see somebody else have it. At first, you used to have to go to somebody else's house and see what they got. Today, they bring their house to you. So now you're seeing it every day, what they got and what you don't got. So now you want what you don't got. That's called coveting. Not to mention lusting. You used to have to go to the mall to see somebody. Let's move on. You don't need no more. You got it. Fast from something every 24 hours. Every tw- every fast from something for 24 hours. I go, I'm going to give you the best one to fast from sweets. Fast from sweets. Don't eat nothing with sugar. But, 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 but do it on a Saturday when you don't have to see nobody at work. Because this is you at work. You'll be like, yeah, for the fourth qu- 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 quarter, I, 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 I see profits go, go, going, going, going up. And... Uh, The last one. Come on, I got to go. The last one. You take up all my time in worship, and then now you're talking about, oh, let's just, it's time to go. Come on. Sabbath. Now, I know, I don't, don't even try it for 24 hours yet. Just, just try it for like 12 hours first. It makes the world of Here's why. Can I tell you what you say? I can't believe they be breaking the Ten Commandments. Yeah, he's just a liar. He's a liar. That's all he is, a liar. Oh, yeah, they just want to covet. They just want to covet. Oh, yeah, yeah. Well, you just a Sabbath breaker. <laughs> Thou shalt keep the Sabbath. And you breaking it too. And we should call you, you a Sabbath wrecker. Because we, we care about all the other nine. But this one we think we can break. So I just want you to start. Hey, man, shut it all down. If you do work with your hands, then work with your mind. If you work with your mind, then work with your hands. But do something different than you normally would do. What am I asking you to do? Just practice these four. We're going to go through it. And all I want you to do is try and practice all four. Habits that are daily and then habits that are weekly. Why? Not because we get to earn God's favor, but because God loves us so much. We want to create an environment so we can hear from God. Because he still speaks. The question is, are you slowing down long enough to hear him? Pray with me, shall you? Father, thank you. Thanks for today, God, and thanks for your word. God, will you prepare all our hearts? As we go out, everybody's going to get a, a little bookmark, and, and, and it's part of it is to show us the four that we should do every day and the four that we should do every week. Will you help every last person under the sound of my voice, everybody in the atrium, everybody in the house, everybody online, will you help us all, God, not to just walk away, but to say, I'm going to do something different this year. My habits are going to be there. I'm going to join a life group. I'm going to join the church. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be a part of the body. I'm going to come back to Christ. I'm going to accept you as my personal Lord and Savior. I'm going to, I'm going to join a ministry area. I'm going, to, I'm, going to, I'm going to join a leadership team. I'm going to learn. Will you help us not to just go, come to church and go home and do the same old, same old, but to learn the process of making room for you so that we can hear from you and enjoy your presence in an intimate relationship. Will you just not let our culture kind of just push us and hurt us in the same way as a whole, but help us to swim upstream in a downstream culture? Thanks for our body of believers that that don't just want to be hearers of the word, they want to be doers. Thanks for this opportunity. Uh, For those of us, God, who have not yet given, I pray that you'll help us to, to give and honor you in our giving. You've been so faithful to us last year, best year ever. Will you help us to continue on that path? for your glory and for your honor. We pray in Jesus' name. Everybody said? Come on.